two sharper iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. Thank you to the generous underwriters of Sharper Iron, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. And Luther Classical College, a college for Lutherans by Lutherans, opening in fall 2025. Learn more at lutherclassical.org. On this Thursday, August 24th, we are studying Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. In today's text, Solomon calls upon us to remember our Creator now in the days of our youth, before the day of our death, and before the day of judgment. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have this returning guest, Pastor Andy Jago. Pastor Jago serves at Bethany Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Pastor Jago, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Thank you. Blessed to be here. So we get started today, Pastor Jago. Let's talk a little bit about the book of Ecclesiastes. What should we know about the book? What Solomon has been saying before we jump into this part of chapter 12. All right. Well, first of all, it's a part of wisdom literature, and I like uh, getting wise with God's Word, uh, written in so many different ways. We have so many different genres that are represented, just a wide range of human expression in the Bible, which we believe is God's Word to us. Uh, and God chooses to just do that in so many ways. Wisdom is different from narrative. Narrative, we get fun facts, like Esau was a hairy man. And you can just go from you know one to another, but wisdom, you have to... I, what I say to, to folks is we're, when we do this at, at Bethany is just stop. <laughs> just, just contemplate, ponder, uh, chew on, uh, on some of the words that are there. You know, just take it slow uh, because wisdom you, you, is meant to, to, for thinking, you know, and that's what God gives us these words for. Um, what's more, I mean, we probably won't debate about the hairiness of Esau, but when you read a, a verse or, or three in wisdom literature, uh, you could come away maybe with a few different kinds of meanings. And if it, people are sharing that in Bible class or, or in your, your small Bible group, you know, that's okay. Because you, know, you, you could come up with, uh, it, it may be meant for more than just one meaning or apply in more than just one way to your life. Uh, so it's not just relaying facts. It's meant to be Red, marked, learned, and inwardly digested, as one of our one of our prayers says. Um, and so, among the wisdom books, so there, there's a, a few wisdom books that I, I like to think are in dialogue with one another. And this may be my my personal um, take on it, I suppose. Uh, but as I've been teaching, uh, the more I teach on these books, the more I, I hear them in dialogue with one another. Beginning with Proverbs, here's King Solomon coming out. And saying, okay, you do these things, and you think this way, fear God, everything is going to turn out right in your life. And then I hear Job in the background, but, <clears throat> uh, well, actually, sir, um, you know, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> you know, my, here's some bad things that happen in my life. Uh, we should fear and trust God, yes, above all things, yes, but, you know, it, things don't always work out the, the way you want them to. Uh, and then I, I see like an older Solomon you know, coming out yeah. and, and, and saying, okay, well, everything that I talked about before in my youth that's all good and everything that Job just brought up that's bad, you know, and, and you know, all of this 
is just hevel. It's all meaningless. It's just a chasing after wind, just deconstructing everything in life and all the ways that we think about life until there's just nothing. And in the silence there, I see how he comes out at the very end of Ecclesiastes with one single truth. The, the end, this is the end of it. And, uh, and in that one single eternal truth, then now, every, now we can build on that foundation. Now the conversation can start again, now that, mm-hmm. now that we've done all that. Um, so I say, you know, I, I think the Bible is just so wonderful uh, and so clearly God's word when we see the way you know, the, the, it, it just dialogues not only one book to one another, but dialogues with us in our lives as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right about the dialogue that's happening between wisdom and literature. It's it's come up a couple times during this series that, that maybe that's what's going on, and it is. It's interesting to see if if I had had the the foresight as a, a younger host of this show, I wouldn't have scheduled Proverbs so quickly without doing Ecclesiastes afterward or, or throwing Job in the middle of it, so that we could have heard it all together. But I, I think there's something there, and it, it's something to, to keep in mind as we look at Ecclesiastes. So talk a little bit more specifically now about Ecclesiastes and what Solomon's been doing here. The preacher. I mean, I, I love that the translation of, is it Kohelet? Uh, you could say Kohelet or Koheleth, I guess, is, is uh, yeah. the Hebrew there. Um, but the preacher. And, and in Greek, Ecclesiastes, that's where the, the word comes from. It's like a gathering, an assembly. And an Ecclesiastes or a Kohelet is, is someone who gathers the people uh, or speaks to that assembly, um, kind of like I do. <laughs> so so I, like, I like the translation of, of preacher there uh, as someone who's, who comes out and speaks to that uh, assembly. Uh, so in my mind, it, it makes sense to, to, to see this preacher as, as Solomon like later in his life. We see unpacking all through this catalog of experiences and you know if, you, if the solomon is he's introduced to us in first kings or, or say, yeah is is someone who catalogs and, and writes and writes and writes he's got volumes thousands of volumes of books and of, of his sayings and observations um and ecclesiastes you know you know, goes through some of that and, and again you know just coming back with um okay how do we think about those things you, you know you're, you're calling together this assembly this Ecclesiastes, I'm sorry, I lost my, my, my thread there for a moment, uh, from Ecclesia in Greek, the gathering of a church. That's why I like the, the, the title, The Preacher. But from beginning to end uh, in Ecclesiastes, the very beginning of the book is everything is meaningless, uh, including my wisdom. That's where he begins. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all meaningless and all, every pursuit of prayer. You know, just going through all and deconstructing everything in life um, with a little bit of fear of the Lord in there is sprinkled in. Um, but after all that chasing after the wind, uh, you know, is, is, is something meaningful. Uh, what, what is the one thing that, that we come to here at the end? We're not going to get there today, but we'll get almost there. So I always wonder what, what would happen for me as a preacher, you know, if I came out on Sunday morning and all the faithful are gathered there, sitting on the pews, just, you know, quiet and content, ready to, to, to listen and everything. And I come out and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. What I'm doing right now doesn't matter. What you're doing right there, listening, it doesn't matter. Everything is just all, all the work that I've done, all the work that you've done, the gaining of possessions, the losing of possessions, it's just a chasing after the wind. Just don't just you know, forget about everything. And if anyone who didn't know 
Ecclesiastes <laughs> maybe maybe couldn't suspect what I was up to in that moment. You know, I wonder if I'd be looking for a different job by the end of that sermon. <laughs> you know, so you know it it would be shocking. And I think as the the preacher assembles these people and goes through all the hevel in life, all the meaninglessness of life, and the chasing after a win, that that that's maybe where he wants people to be. You know, with yeah. that with either shocked or just. You know, with, 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 it just, it just so they get to a place of silence. Everything else is destroyed uh, in their lives and in their thinking about life, and and now we're ready to build up from there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think if you did do that from the pulpit today, there would be that sense of shock, but there might also be the those folks who would be like, you know, he's got a point. Mm-hmm. There, there really is vanity in this life under the sun. And, and that's one thing about the book of Ecclesiastes as a whole that is it's refreshing in that sense because it's very real. Like this is when we, when we consider it, we can see what Solomon is talking about. And when we do, that does make us all the more ready to receive that ultimate answer he's going to give us here in chapter 12, again, more fully in the next text, but, but in the background, certainly what we get today. Yeah. All right. So we got chapter 12. Verses 1 to 8 for our consideration this morning. This is Solomon's writing here. He writes, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil day comes and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few, And those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors of the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets." Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. That's our text for today, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. So, Pastor Jago, take us into those those first couple of words. Remember also your creator. What's Solomon getting at as he begins chapter 12? He's connecting back to the previous chapter where he's saying to the youth, all right, you youth, hang on to that. Uh, don't, don't let it, you know, just don't uh, forget the way you feel right now. Uh, enjoy the time that you have. Uh, the young should rejoice in their youth, but remember that everything is still hevel. It's all vanity. Uh, but with that perspective, uh, the verses then that begin chapter 12 are this beautiful, but honestly very sad portrait of coming into your life. I mean, it could be some, what well, we just heard, it could be some, one of the, the, the church members that I used to visit uh, as a shut, you know, who was a shut-in here, I used to bring communion, you know, he used to look at me and say, don't get old. It's not fun. <laughs> I've heard that too. I was like, okay, I'll work on that. You know, right, that's right. I don't know if I have a choice in the matter, but you know. <laughs> so now, if the very first words: "Remember, remember your Creator." I like that word, you know, the title for God, your Creator. There's a lot that is 
is there just in that one word. Uh, just connecting to one thing in particular, uh, Job, again, another piece of wisdom literature. Uh, but none says, where is God by maker who gives songs in the night? Songs in the night he giveth. Um, the, so, you know, the, as a, as a, you know, God is is there as the one who fashioned you. You are the pot, He is the potter. We are the clay. Um, so remember that. And I and I connected that one part of Job because what what comes after that word Creator is again something that is is somber. It's something that is meant to. These aren't the happiest times that we're going to 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 explore here in such poetic words. Uh, and Job, I think, was was there as well. Uh, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. So again, the songs in the night in Job, the evil days that are ahead. So remember the way you feel now so that you're steeled, I suppose, for, for what is to come. But God is still the creator in, in those good, youthful, full, pleasurable times, but and also in those those. Those those other times where you you don't well, which we'll we'll get into with these other words here, but 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 even in those dark days, in the days of distress, in the days that you don't feel so youthful, uh, God is still your creator. He has designed life and the end of life this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I think the fact that this remembrance is constructed to happen in the days of your youth, not that you wouldn't do that when you get old, you, you would. Yeah. But remembering it now in the days of your youth, and I think you use the word, it steals you for those days as you do get older. Because like you, I too have heard, getting old isn't fun. And so, but, but there's nothing that I can do to stop that. The book of Ecclesiastes has made that plain, that I've got no control over this life. So that the wisdom of learning it in your youth, learn it now so that you can use it later when you when you get there. I think that's part of the the reason it's the youth particularly that this is directed to it's good for everybody but if you learn it now boy it'll go better for you later that's right and uh yeah i think solomon again as a young man uh what is he he's known for wisdom because in first kings we read you know what's what out of all the things that he could ask for that's what he asked for is wisdom um and maybe at the end of his life you know, he's thinking, okay, well, that that was he's remembering that the the, mm. the, the the and the wisdom of cherishing all those things that he tells us about all throughout the book of of Ecclesiastes. You know, cherishing those moments up until the end um, as he's contemplating. Uh, so now that the next uh, the words here and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Wow, don't uh, don't read that when you're feeling a little sad. Uh, but I I think there's there's just you know it's like turning a diamond. There's different aspects in just these eight verses. By the way, a very wise choice to just take a few verses at a time to really uh, because there's just so much there. And and in these there's going to be phrases here in chapter eight where you just turn the diamond a little bit and you see things in a different way. So turning it this way, this facet of it, I, I think of connecting the end of life or connecting life in general like the beginning to the end of life to a day uh so is the the dimming of lights you know as 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 daylight fades into the night or even 
the end of time, you know, is, is the, the stars and the moon. There's, those are things that we think are always going to be there. But at, at some point they came into existence and at some point they will go out of existence, you know, as God has in God's timing and God's plan. Um, but our lives are like a microcosm of that. And then so that's the first approach to that phrase. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this, you know, why, it, 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 enjoy your youth now before you can't have this, the same kind of pleasures. Uh, so uh, the, what's that Latin phrase? Carpe diem. Seize the day. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this moment now. Um, in, in a visit I just did yesterday, uh, a communion visit, you know, a younger or older couple, um, you know, we, we were, it was a, an occasion where they had asked the question, okay, how do we plan for our funeral service? Mm-hmm. That's not something that, you know, it's, it's not something I'll shy away from, but it's not the happiest conversation to have, of course. But, but, it, but you know, we, it is when you put Christ at the center of that. Yeah. And we, we talk about, okay, why are we, why do we even have a service? It's not because it's going to do us any good when we're gone, uh, but for the folks who are there to celebrate the resurrection and the life and the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins you know, and the, the life everlasting, those things that we have in Christ. Um, so as we're, as we're contemplating that, as we're, as we're planning that out, um, you know, I, I said, it, the, I gave the comments like, uh, you know, but these are good things to do. Now, don't be in any hurry. Right. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not going to rush things. You know, even as much as as it is as it is wonderful to think about our life with the Lord and what that's going to be. Uh, you know, we God gives us so many things to 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 enjoy, so many moments to enjoy, and people to to be connected with. And you know, there's 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 so much to, that we're called to do here. Um, so you know, and that's why I say for my life, I'm not in any hurry. You know, I, I want to be with the Lord, but we're going to just take it one moment at a time and want to do what Solomon wisely says to do here, to to enjoy them now while we can. You know, and, and to remember our creator in the midst of that. And, and perhaps that funeral planning now can be a part of that remembrance of the creator mm-hmm. and, and also a part of the way that we, even after we die, help our loved ones to do what Solomon's doing. You know, I mean, Solomon, as an older man, says to, says to the youth, remember your creator now. So we think about what we pick for our, our funeral service in conjunction with our pastor, you know, in terms of readings, hymns. Mm-hmm. How, how can those readings and hymns point those who attend that Christian funeral to remember their creator at that moment so that when those days come that are darker, they have that, that hope to lean back on? Indeed. And don't wait till that moment to hang on to that. Yes. Hope, you know? That's right. Grab onto it now. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. Remember your creator now in the days of your youth. Now, as you said, Solomon says to do that in before all these things come. That word before comes up a couple times in our section. So before the evil days come, before these years draw near, before the sun, the light, the moon, the stars are darkened. As you said, there's a lot of imagery here. And even though it's not set off as poetry, at least in the ESV, it has a poetic feel to it, I think. And so talk about some of the references that that could be going on here when he says before the sun, the light, the moon, the stars are darkened. What what might that be talking about? I'm going to preface this to to the listeners here. 
the wonderful thing about wisdom literature and the, and the thing that keeps on challenging me is, and, and a phrase you're going to hear from my lips more than once is I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? So this is, this is one of those things that it could be multiple things. Like, um, so I'm thinking of it as, as drawing us into the cycle of a day, but also it could be the, the creation the be, from the beginning to the end of creation from Genesis to Revelation, if you will. Uh, in Revelation, we don't need the sun or the moon or the, the stars anymore because Jesus is our light. Um, now, is that in view? Uh, you know, is, does the preacher have that in view? I'm not, you know, I, I think by the Holy Spirit, sure. You know, that, that we're, we're, that, that all the God's word is connected that way. Um, but, you know, I think that, that you know, the, the, the preacher may also have in mind his own darkening, uh, that like his his eyes, his vision, perhaps not uh, not being able to see as clearly. Um, so taking it from a, a grand big picture down to the individual of what they may be experiencing toward the end of their life, uh, so turning that diamond again, seeing another facet, um, you know, it could it could be that there are so there's some words here all through this chapter that may connect to like the failing of one's body, you know, and, and, uh, you know, as, as, as well, if it, like our computers, a different system shut down, if you will. Yeah. I, I think there, there do seem to be a couple of references in mind. The fact that Solomon has said, remember your creator to start this section. And then he talks about before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened. Those were pretty key parts of Genesis chapter 1, when God creates the light, the darkness, the sun, the moon, the stars. And so it does seem that there's a, there's a reference there going forward then, as you said, all the way to Revelation, when you know all that has been created is made new, a new creation. And the, the thought of the sun being darkened, the moon being darkened, these are things that, that the Lord Jesus talks about in connection with the last day. So, I mean, that, that seems to be in view. But also the thought of, of an individual death, I think, also seems to be in view. And so, yeah, the, the multifaceted nature here, I think, is, is something that, that we're right to see. The, the next part about the clouds return after the rain, that's a, that's a striking image. Normally, the clouds come and yeah. then the rain comes. And so if I'm understanding this right, it's the rain's already come and maybe the, the sky is clearing and here come the clouds again. So that, that moment when it seems like you've escaped and things are getting brighter, no, here come the clouds again. That's another occasion for you to remember your creator before that happens. Yeah, I, as my kids would probably say, man, that's a mood. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it seems like such a, a melancholy mood. It could also be vision, like clouding your vision. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I, but I think it's also you know, how you feel and, and our emotions maybe in view there you know the the cloudiness like you think it's after the rain the sun is going to come but no there's more clouds there and that that just makes us feel sad or it makes us feel that they have that melancholy uh kind of feeling settle into your soul okay yeah i mean so in, in all of these however the the image is more if it's more individual or if it's more cosmic in scope in all of these the the remembrance of the creator needs to happen before these melancholy, these you know, upheavals happen. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, we've got the sun, the light, the moon, the stars, 
then the clouds after the rain. Into the next phrase, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few. Maybe we'll just take, try to take those three for, for a short time. Sure. I, the first thought that I had reading that was, was a work day. Those are all working phrases, you know, that people, well, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. The keepers of the house, you know, they're working on the house, the strong men, the grinders, uh, you know, those are all working. And then I, I, so I, in my youth, remembering my youth, I used to, to uh, ride my bike down to a farm that was down the street and I would start early in the day and late at night, I'd come home, clean out the refrigerator because I was so famished. Uh, but my muscles, I would feel it, you know, if, if it was hoeing or, or picking corn or bending over to uh, pick the tomatoes that were there. Uh, you know, that was that was that was hard work. And the day's work, you know, you'd feel one way at the beginning of the day, you'd feel another way at the end of the day. So just like we were going sunrise to sunset at the beginning or maybe beginning of creation, end of creation, remembering our creator, um, the creator also provides daily bread and us to be able to work for our daily bread. Um, so I'm thinking here the, the image is, is, you know, connecting the beginning to end of life to the beginning and end of a work day. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I think that really ties together a lot of these, these images, keepers of the house, strong men, grinders ceasing. Maybe let's, let's go ahead and before we get too far into some more of this imagery, let's go ahead and take our break there. You're listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Andy Jago this morning about Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We will be right back. Please stick around. Did you know that an investment with Lutheran Church Extension Fund exclusively supports LCMS ministries and church workers? That's right. LCEF ensures LCMS churches, schools, and organizations have access to the financial resources they need to sustain, strengthen, and start ministry work. In other words, you can feel good investing with LCEF because we share your Lutheran values and love for the church. Learn more at lcef.org. LCF is a nonprofit religious organization. Therefore, LCF investments are not FDIC insured bank deposit accounts. This is not an offer to sell investments or solicitation to buy. LCF will offer and sell its securities only in states where authorized. The offer is made solely by LCF's offering circular. Investors should carefully read the offering circular, which more fully describes associated risks. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Thursday, August 24th. We're studying Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 8 with Pastor Andy Jago. He serves at Bethany Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Pastor Jago, prior to the break, we were talking about some of these images of work that's coming to an end there in verses 3 and following. The day the keepers of the house tremble, the strong men being bent, grinders ceasing, looking through windows, being dimmed. Talk more about the, the way that labor comes to an end and the way that this image is, is functioning here in Ecclesiastes 12. Yeah, I think going back to what you were saying about the connecting to Genesis and creation, the last day of creation is the Sabbath day, the day of rest. Um, 
And the, in the New Testament, we have such wonderful images that connect the work day or the work cycle, if you will, to our final Sabbath rest. There will be a, a Sabbath rest for God's people. I mean, even when God's people came into the promised land and there was abundance and so forth there, uh, there, there still had to be work. And, there, and then God provided a day of rest, uh, which they did not have in Egypt, I imagine. You know, they had to work straight through. But you have a, a time where your body can rest uh, and, and, and be ready then for, uh, for work the next day or, or going ahead. But then ultimately there is a day where we lay our burdens down, uh, a day that we can uh, find our rest. And we would say in Jesus, find our rest, uh, that all the life's uh, uh, turmoil, that all the things that we struggle with, that, that all, every tear is wiped away. You know, we have that beautiful image in the Bible about uh, how when we get to the end of the life, that that is, that is a final rest for God's people. Yeah, I mean, to, to connect some of the images from the, the previous section to this, the, the previous guest in chapter 11 a couple times referenced Jesus' words in John chapter 9 about, you know, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. So... I mean, those, those images both of day and night, now the end of work are being brought together here. And again, to, to remember the Creator now so that when that day comes, when work ceases, whether it's due to you know, old age or whether it's due to some kind of tragedy that might be in view, some of these seem, you know, the, the thought of grinders ceasing because they are few, is that because a bunch of people were killed? Is that because people just died or something else is going on? Maybe both things are going on regardless, to have that knowledge of the Creator now before that day comes when there's no more work, that then does point us better to the rest that He would give in that eternal day. So again, this, this poetry causing us to think, to chew on these words of wisdom literature. So the end of work seems to be in view. Then as, as He continues then into verse 4, maybe there's a bit of a shift, some new images to think on. The doors of the street are shut. The sound of grinding is low. Both those kind of still sound like work. But then this, this matter of one rises up at the sound of the bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They're afraid of what is high. Terrors are on the way. How are these images working, perhaps? The, the uh, windows and doors, I, I did read some commentators that, again, connected those to the vision and like that, your eyes, your mouth, you know, different parts of the body, basically, you know, and sure. how they close down or shut down, uh, just like workers at the end of a work day. Um, so just taking that from a different perspective. But then this next section about the song of the bird, uh, the daughters of song, I have to admit, when I read that at first, I was like, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I had to, I had to really think. First of all, think about that, but then second of all, you know, do do a little homework on that. Um, it definitely, this is one part of the. This is this is this is definitely reinforcing what I said before: is take it slow. You know, sometimes it, it requires just to come to the text and ask some questions. You know, what it what is the sound of the bird? What is the the uh, the song that is there? Um, it's I have to admit, I'm still thinking about this. Um, but, you know, maybe, uh, or it's a rising up uh, there. I, I'm going to go to Martin Luther here, actually. I'm going to say 
all the daughters of song, that is, both ears. So again, the, the two ears, you know, thinking about parts of the body. So if we have the door uh, for the mouth, the window for the eyes, you know, the, the daughter's uh, song, maybe the ears. Uh, seems to make sense, but um, he writes that it's a Hebraism, uh, you know, an expression in Hebrew, uh, like the, the son of help or of light or of darkness, of which we have, uh, and in the same way, the ears are called daughters of song, that is, those that deal with the songs or listen to the songs, these daughters of song are brought low, that is, they are withered, that is, for old people, the ears become heavy and death, deaf, and they take no pleasure in listening to music. That seems a little harsh. Mm. Uh, well, he was German, I guess, but <laughs> they just, you know, mince of words are a whole lot, you know, they just, um, but yeah, I wonder, you know, it, if if hearing isn't you know it, it, the, so the the gradual dimming of the senses in other words mm -hmm. in this in this section if that isn't being related then to the you know it, it, very specifically to uh, our journey of, to the end of our life. Mm -hmm. The one of the commentaries that I consulted concerning the matter of rising up at the sound of a bird mm -hmm. suggested, and this would be thinking maybe a little more societally or cosmically in applying the, these words. But the thought of rising up the sound of the bird could perhaps indicate that the noises of society have grown so low. There's just nothing going on anymore. You know, nobody's grinding in the previous verse so that you can actually hear just the bird tweeting that normally you wouldn't be able to hear maybe in a city. So that, that might be one thing. Another, another suggestion that, that I read, which I, I found intriguing, and this may be thinking more in times language, is the way that, that sometimes the birds of prey or the birds of carrion come at the last of the judgment. And so perhaps rising up at the sound of the bird is, is hearing that the sound of the, the vultures gathering where the corpses are, because the, the last, I know, right? So, so again, <laughs> right, that's a, but I think it, it does, it, it, fits. Yeah. it fits with the idea of remembering your creator before that happens, whether it's before your own personal death, and, and these senses are dulling, or whether it's happening before the day of judgment, and that's why the birds are gathering, you're still want to, you want to remember your creator before both of those. So I found both of those intriguing, and especially with some of the ways that the scriptures elsewhere do talk about birds, I thought that, that might be something. Yeah, that, that helps me think about it. Um, the, the, the last part of that is a little more clear about, I mean, to me, and that because I could connect it readily to some pastoral experience because it, it talks about fear and, and in particular the terrors in the night. So they're afraid of what is on high and terrors are on the way. Uh, when I, when I hear the word terror, I think of night terror. I think of, of nightmare, you know, something that would wake you up in the, in fear in the middle of the night. So the, and so again, I, I, I don't have any commentaries. I don't think to, to back me up here, but, um, but I connected that to what I hear from some church members in, in pastoral counseling about some fears that they've expressed of crossing over that last threshold. What's going to happen? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a, you know, it, and then that's where some, maybe some fear of death comes in too. Sure. Even people who are of faith and know their savior, it's just, you know, taking that last step. What's that going to be like? Uh, so before you have those moments of fear, remember your creator. <laughs> you know, and that'll 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 get you back into back into the the frame of mind you know that you need to be in to to face those fears.
Yeah, and just to, to point out, if, if that's talking about the fear of death, which I think is a helpful explanation, then remember your creator particularly. And not that you wouldn't remember your savior, your redeemer. That, that's important too. But the fact that Solomon doesn't explicitly say, remember your creator, he then is the one who gave you this life. He is the one who can give you life anew in the resurrection. Just to kind of keep those connections tight, I, I think is is helpful. It's not that we don't remember the Savior or the Redeemer, but we are right to remember him as our creator before that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just these... Um, now, there could be embedded in the language here, you know, other connections that I'm, I'm missing sure. or I just haven't didn't have time to look up all of them. So, <laughs> and, and again, it's I want to say to the listeners, it's okay to, to approach this text and and the, and then to, to think about it, but you know what's what's wonderful about Ecclesiastes that I've found, and why it's one of my favorite books in the Bible, is because I do a Bible study and then come back five years later, and it's a completely different sermon, or it's a completely different Bible study, because I'm, you're seeing something different. God is giving you the Holy Spirit's leading you something to something different, because you're you're looking at a different facet of of just one verse or a series of verses again. I think especially a book like Ecclesiastes that kind of, that's going to happen simply because of, especially if we're right about saying that this is Solomon later in life, as we grow older, I think the way that we hear these words, we start to to hear the reality of what Solomon's saying all the better because we've experienced some of those things ourselves. That Not that we can't get it when we're young. <laughs> we need it when we're young. Yeah. Sometimes we don't really appreciate it as much until we're older. Yeah, that's very true. So as, as Solomon then continues, we get some more images to, to chew on here a little bit. We've got an almond tree blossoming and grasshoppers dragging themselves along. What what are those two, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> well, the almond tree blossoms white. Uh, so again, relating to different parts of the body, maybe that means that we're going gray. You know, and, uh, that's a that's a that's a. Pretty, I mean, these are a little more direct, I suppose. You know, a little less. They're they're still poetic, but there's 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 some readily ready images. And if you've seen an insect like a grasshopper kind of dragging itself along, um, you know, you know that okay, they're approaching the the end of their life. Their mobility. Uh, grasshopper wants to hop. Okay, so we're we're not hopping anymore. We're dragging. Um, so, I mean, Luther go, again, you know, goes into some explicit things about bones sticking out. I don't know. I, I'm, my brain did not go there. <laughs> I just, I think just to, just the, the, the slowing down, just, 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 you're not moving as quickly as you once did. Uh, that, that is probably the image here with the grasshopper dragging. Yeah, I think that makes sense with the grasshopper. I don't know enough entomology, I guess, to, to get much more specific than that. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, with the almond tree blossoming, at, there's a there's a cross reference that that maybe is helpful later on. If, again, it's with Solomon being in the 900s BC, later on the prophet Jeremiah oh. has the image tree of an, an almond or has the image of an almond tree blossoming, as and it's connected with the Lord bringing about His word of judgment. So I, I, possibly maybe there's some some connections that could be drawn there. Again, thinking through. When do we need to remember our Creator before we get old and are right at the point of death, before God's judgment comes? Perhaps a reference there with the almond tree connecting it to the way it gets used later in Jeremiah could be could be at, at in play. But what about the rest of, of those words? So we've got the almond tree, the grasshopper, then desire fails, 
because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about in the streets. I mean, here it does seem we're getting a little more explicit about the, the time of death. Uh, what else can you see there? Yeah, we're going from the images to the thing itself. My first thought is going to your eternal home. Why don't we just dwell? Why don't we just have that instead of the desire failing and the <laughs> and the mourners going out into the street? You know, it's it's like you got the sandwich meat in the middle there. And then let's just stick with that. But no, um, the, the the desire failing. The, the the word there, I guess, is derived. Um, the Greek translation is is carpus. You know, the carp. It's related to carpus fruit. Uh, it's some sort of fruit that's supposed to give you pleasure, I imagine. Um, doesn't Solomon make a large catalog of all the different things in life, right at the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes here, that are supposed to give us pleasure? Uh, I think it's chapter two. Laughter, wine, having a lot of possessions, uh, gold, you know, good, doing great big public works. Uh, and be you know, and, and probably getting a lot of praise for that, having amassing a lot of treasures, having singers, concubines, all those things. Uh, so the desire for any pleasure in life, you know, Solomon says he applied himself to all those things and it was meaningless. <laughs> but now he's saying, you know, they, remember your Creator and remember those things, you know, because there will be a time where desire is not there. The desire for those things is not there. Um, and then going into, because, and again, because man, in his eternal home, I mean, my goodness, how can you read those words and not hear, in my father's house, there are many mm -hmm. mansions and they're prepared for you. Um, you know, and, that, and that's going, I love the going home talk. Uh, I love the, you know, the idea of, 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 you know, doing a funeral and it's a homecoming, it's a home going. Uh, you know, it's a, I, I love the image of, of, of going to the promised land and settling into our eternal home. Uh, and I, I think we could, like I said, we could, we could just dwell on that and miss this whole chapter, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it's like the one little oasis there, um, in the midst of some very sad images. And the last image here is very sad about mourners going out into the street. And the, 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 the bizarre thought that came to my head, it just probably is the way that my brain works. But I, I'm the, my first thought was, wait a minute, this person isn't dead yet. Mm -hmm. And the mourners are going out into the street. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, maybe the undertaker coming over to the house and say, can I be of service? <laughs> I hear that things are pretty bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's sure. so. But I mean, you know, maybe maybe in view then would be the the idea of the family gathering because they've been told, yeah. you know, it's it's time or the time is close, mm. and so the mourners are already starting to gather as the person goes to his eternal home. I do think that that what you're saying about the the phrase of man going to his eternal home does bring the the note of hope to this text that otherwise might be only dark. Uh, that and what we'll talk about in a little bit, the spirit returning to God who, who gave it. I think you see it in both of those that, that Solomon is not writing this section or even this whole book as a hopeless book, but rather is pointing us really to the only hope that we have, kind of like we were talking about toward the beginning, that when all of this other stuff is knocked away as vanity, meaningless, what are we left with? And I think we're starting to get a, a picture of that here, again, as to why we need to remember our Creator now before these things happen. And that before word comes up again now in verse 6. So before the silver cord is snapped, 
or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Take us into these images. Well, here again, I'm going to confess that I, I may not know every aspect of these images, but in general, these all seem like death, you know, they, they, and, and very sudden uh, actions, even violent actions, destructive actions, a cord being snapped. Uh, so snapped, broken, shattered, broken again, uh, and, and valuable, precious things, silver, gold, a container of water or, or a cistern of water, you know, the, so the, the, the very things that would bring life. Um, so all of a sudden these things are, are broken and shattered and cut and, and destroyed. Um, so, you, so remember your creator, but before a very sudden end. Yeah, yeah. Now the the next part of the the verse really gets to language that I think is going to be familiar. Before, yeah. then again, the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. What Solomon's saying there? Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's the very thing that that, that we see in our in our committal liturgy. That's the that's uh, for Lutherans and other Christians as well. When we're at the graveside. And there's a very there's various customs that are involved there. And for me, I like going down and grabbing a, a bit of dirt, and and I put that on the casket as I'm saying, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a connection that's there. Um, and and recently, we're friends. Uh, my my family is good friends with the Pakistani family who are members of the church, and in their uh, in, in Pakistan, they they um, take the shovels. And it was very important for them. They asked the 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 the, the uh, cemetery if they could do this, but the, but the family members and the funeral I participated in all took a shovel, and and helped fill in the the where the casket was laid into the earth. Um, that was again a, there's there's something about the physical connection with the earth at that point as a reminder, I think. Uh, not just, just not just the connection itself and the emotional connection, but but a reminder of our Creator, the yeah. one who formed that dirt and dust, and and you know which would just be lifeless if not for the ruach, for the 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 wind, the breath of God, to, that was placed in Adam, uh, and and the Holy Spirit living in us, uh, and and taking these lifeless vessels, these jars of clay. Uh, and 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 transforming them, making us into the into into living, breathing people who can respond to our Creator, who can respond to the One who saves us and gives us an eternal home, to the One who leads us all through our lives. Um, so you know, it's, that's why we say there at the end, God who created this body, God the Father who created this body, God the Son who redeemed this body. Uh, and will uh, uh, keep it, you know, uh, raise it up in the resurrection of all flesh. And God, the Spirit, uh, who who made this body, is temple. You know, the, 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 you know, all this. We give praise to. We remember our Creator, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We remember Creator, Redeemer, and 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 Counselor through our lives, uh, and all the way that God has kept us, uh, and, and that that we would be nothing if not for God's life being inside that that lifeless clay. Yeah, I appreciate the connection to the committal service that happens by the graveside there. It's almost as if Solomon has that, well, I don't know if he has that in mind, but as we think about it in the way we would apply it, that the, the committal service can be a service of hope 
precisely when we remember our Creator, because otherwise, the, throwing the dirt on the on the loved one there who you're burying could be a very hopeless act. But but with the remembrance of the Creator, that that yeah, He's the one who created this body from the dust, and it has returned to the dust. But the Spirit has returned to Him, and He will raise this body from the dust. Then that that remembrance of the Creator makes the committal service a very a hopeful thing. I, and that's why, as a part of the committal service, you know, we, we say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And, and that's it's a hopeful thing with that remembrance of the Creator. Indeed. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus yeah. says. And that's, uh, that's well, and again, uh, connecting to wisdom literature, the other thing I like to do as people are coming to the graveside is to read that verse from Job. I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the end, I myself, and not another, but I myself, in my flesh, I will see God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So then in verse 8, we hear those familiar words, uh, the words that Solomon used toward the very beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Uh, we've talked about Hevel throughout this study. Remind us of, of Solomon using it here at the end of the book. It's all of chasing after the wind it's all it's just vapor you can't you can't hold on to it you can't grasp it you know there's we are so so everything that we've talked about in this book every aspect of life work and now death you can't you, you it just you can't hold on to it it all will flow like you know like the vapor through your fingers like you can't grab a, a mist so so what is so what what's the point? What is all this? <laughs> you know, what why did God put us here? You know, say if everything everything is deconstructed, everything is meaningless, or is it? <laughs> Stay tuned tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah, one of the, same bad channel. Yes. One yeah. of the one of the commentaries that I, I looked at suggested that the this phrase here almost functions like a, a book jacket. You know, where you have it at the front of the book, you've got vanity of vanities. At the back of the book, you've got vanity of vanities. And it's, it's use here doesn't necessarily mean that he's undoing everything that he's said, but rather he's reminding you the, the basic premise of the, and the topic of the whole book. And then that does prepare you then to hear what he calls the, the end of the matter in the, the concluding text tomorrow. Indeed. Real quick, too, the other thing is with an oral culture, yeah. Not everything was written down. So That's repeating right. this all the way through, uh, you know, you have that word in your head and, and it helps you remember the book and remember yeah. remember the wisdom because you don't you don't have it in your phone. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. Keep it up in your up in the old noodle there. That's right. That's right. We got about three minutes here on the morning, Pastor Jago. Help us to, to wrap things up on this text. Uh, point us to the, the good news that's ours in Christ uh, from this text in Ecclesiastes 12. Well, you know, so here at the end, I, as God would have it, I've uh, laid to rest a couple of church members recently, um, and uh, both both of whom, you know, I thought about as I was doing this study because you know, they 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 were they were very. Um, they, I don't I don't understand how people can get to that point where you're looking at crossing that last threshold of going across the River Jordan and not have faith. And these individuals had faith. The, the one person in particular. At the funeral service, it was sad, but it was also so joyful because everyone remembered how when this person faced the difficulties that were there with cancer and everything, you know, in the body shutting down, uh, he still would, would be, you know, give a joke 
he would still uh, you know, hang on to, to the memories. And, and just like we had here in Ecclesiastes, remembering his creator, remembering the connection there, but then connecting that right now to the moments of the, the, that he was facing right in that moment before being called to his eternal home of remembering who is the resurrection and the life, our Savior Jesus. And this individual, by the way, always in every Bible study that he attended and every conversation we had, would remember the Holy Spirit and say, would never give himself credit for anything good, uh, any of the, the large experiences of Solomon that would list, you know, Rick could list a lot of those too, but he would never give himself credit. He said, that, Pastor, that was the Holy Spirit guiding me through my life. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. God be praised for the lives of the faithful who have shown us that wisdom of trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and the one true God. Pastor Andy Jago is pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. He has been helping us today to study Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Pastor Jago, thanks for being our guest today. My extreme pleasure. God bless you. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before, before these days draw near, before the day of your death draws near, before the day of judgment draws near, remember your Creator right now that you might put his word to use that you might trust in him and have a firm foundation when those days draw near that you would not lose hope but that you would continue to trust in him come what may during those days and to trust in him on that day when he raises you anew and he recreates that body that fails and takes you to your eternal home with him in the resurrection I am your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. If you have any questions about Ecclesiastes chapter 12, send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. It is always a joy to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.